You are now tuned in to the Decoding Success Podcast, where we reveal game-changing habits, formulas, and routines from the world's most successful individuals to help you think and live larger. What is going on? It is your host, Matt Labrie, back with another episode of the Decoding Success Podcast. And I shouldn't just say any episode. We are here with another roundtable episode with my boy, Steve Pell. My boy Anna Reese is yep. back in the house back. for yet another episode and um, really excited to have you guys yet again. I know we've been having a lot of fun with these. Uh, we're, we're literally dedicating a Saturday night. We could be doing anything in New York City, yet we are here ready to provide some value to our amazing community of listeners nonetheless. And they have been literally loving these episodes and it just it's way more than the statistics on the back end of what we see, but also like the feedback that we've been getting. So I want to express my gratitude to the both of you for hopping on episode in the past and being here for this one because you both don't know what I'm about to ask and I'm just going to kick it off with this question right out of the gate. As mentioned to you both, it's a question I asked on one of our most recent roundtable episodes as I was recording with uh, some of my shark group you know, friends that I've accumulated over the years. The question is, if you were to fill up your bar of success to 100%, what are the qualities, tactics, characteristics that go into that bar? That's a fucking great question. I'm not tooting my own horn. I don't know what made me think yeah. of it the last time. That's deep. That's a deep It's a really question. deep question because you are you have 100% and you need to fill it up accordingly. I'll give you the answer that I gave to kick it off so you guys get a little yeah. head start. Mm-hmm. I said that 51% of my bar of success comes down to faith. Not just faith spiritually in God, but faith in myself, my abilities, my capabilities, um, my knowledge, my experiences, my wisdom. I'm hyped Steve had to go get a fucking pen and pad because he just knew that he needed he needed to do math. Dude, I didn't know math was required for this question. Ma- so math is required. Honestly, 100 is a very big number. So. Uh, 100 is. And especially when you start doing like sevens and like sixes, I'm like, okay, and threes come involved. I'm like, yo, I got I to gotta get a pen and pad. So I did 51% faith I did 25% hard work I did a breakdown of 16 and 14% after that of I'm forgetting to be honest I think I think I think oh no I'm sorry I did 14% um, network so I did 51 faith 25 hard work 14% network and then I did 10% of I think mindset, but don't quote me on that. 14 and 10. I know 14 I, I changed to network as I, I originally had it as uh, 10% network. But I'm really curious what you guys feel as, as you're both over here scribbling in your fucking pads. I'm, both, I'm very curious as to what you both have to say and then we'll dive into that. All right, well... I feel like I ate up most of mine with saying off the bat that 50% would be happiness. How does happiness get you success? I feel like being happy is being successful. If you're... In If you're at a job and you're not happy and you are successful, you may not even feel successful because you're unhappy. I feel like you should be happy... And that's what's generating your successfulness. So then I went 25 hard work because I believe that you do have to grind. And grinding actually does make you happy because 
Right. You're putting in the work. Right. Putting in that work makes you successful. Um, and then a big thing which I always preach even now is mindset. So that's my other 25. So I have 25 hard work, 25 mindset, and then you have 50 happiness, which I just had to So only three check. components? I feel like you can subcategorize within those. Right. But I feel like if, if you're just trying to top line, like, I feel like happiness can be broke. Like, what well, that's is, what I'm saying. What, what is happiness? Right. You know? I was going to ask you because the way you just broke it down to me, happiness almost sounded like a byproduct of success. Right. And like you're saying happiness brings you success or whatever. Also, so, too, I didn't want to get into too many numbers because I didn't want to screw up how to get to 100. <laughs> me, too. That's why I, when I started when I started off with 51, I'm like, fuck, now I only have 49. 49. I'm like, why couldn't I stay even the whole time? <laughs> so what generates happiness, though? Because that, I think, is the deeper part of that. I mean, that happiness is a deep question on its own, but I think, just trying to think off the top of my head right now, happiness is being content with your current situation, um, your outlook on the future. And I think they're all intertwined, but like that happiness goes into mindset, that mindset is because of hard work. So I guess the reason why I kind of just subbed it into those three kind of big categories is because they all factor into each other. If your mindset is what you want it to be and you're saying that I want to be a hard worker, you know, I'm at this job, I'm going to have this mindset that I'm going to be, you know, a, a great piece to this company I'm going to be an asset always look at yourself as an asset Mm -hmm. what you could bring to the table and that comes from your mindset that mindset drives that hard work when you get yourself there you're going to be happy are you going to be unhappy if you know you're not an asset to your company or turning in work that needs to be you know redone or double checked by somebody else or does that hard work generate a very good product that you're handing to your team or or something that the team needed that right. doesn't need to be double checked or looked over and actually gives value to your company, your business. And I feel like you knowing that all of that worked out, you're happy. Right. I'm curious. You mentioned being con- – and this is for, for all of us to discuss, but – you mentioned like being content with your current situation. I'm always curious how individuals find themselves being, and again, this is like a very high performer question because all of us, the three of us here all have goals. We all have aspirations. One of mine that you both know, like I want a condo in Tampa bad. Mm. Like I really want to, I don't have it right now. I've heard. <laughs> but many real estate agents have heard too. But um, how do you guys find yourself being happy with where you currently are? But also understanding that you're not settling for what you have you know like it's fucking tough man like yeah. I, I look at it and I'm like yo I have these massive goals and 
sometimes I'm not happy with where I am. Yeah. And I, I you know, there, there's many instances, and I'm really, and as you're drawing tits and smiley faces on no, your fucking notebook. smiley face. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, look I like, looked like tits. Did look like uh, tits at first. Cause I, <laughs> see what you want to see. <laughs> you see what you want to see. I was upside down, so that looks like uh, a mouth and tits. Uh, just, uh, the, the other way. But, um, like... Dude, I, sometimes I look at it and I'm like, yo, I have these massive fucking goals and then I see myself down here. It's like, yeah, I'm really grateful for all that I've accomplished, but not every day, you know? Like, it, it's a little tough, so I'm curious what you guys think there. Yeah, I, I think that's part of the struggle, to be honest, because a lot of times you'll ask somebody who is successful, and what would you tell your younger self is a question to get asked all the time. Right. And commonly, the response will be, yeah, I would just tell myself it's all going to work out. It's going to be good. But if you knew that everything was going to be good, you take your foot off the pedal a little bit and you take it easier and you might not get to where you currently are right. or to that level of success. I think this is the uncertainty that is like the, the force behind the drive, you know? So I think – I actually think it's a good thing. We all want – like a lot of us value certainty in our life. Like you want to know you have a roof over, over your head. You want to know that your water works, that your heat works. But I also think – um, uncertainty as well if you tap into that you can really kind of uh, have that as um, something that really propels you forward because when you don't know where you're going to be in six months a year or whatever time period that, that big question marks makes you say hey I have to get my shit together I really have to figure out my game plan mm -hmm. and I think that is why you know, not having that certainty. Like if you want to go into entrepreneurship, that is the most uncertain realm of business you can pretty much get into because mm -hmm. you don't know, you might, you know, you're, you don't have a steady paycheck. It's, 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 you get paid according to how hard you work. So I do think that uncertainty, uh, like I mentioned is, is key in, in personal growth and, and professional growth. Um, but yeah, I think you, if you tap into that struggle and you tap into that, um, that, that just, the, the question of how am I going to get to the next point? I think that allows you to have time with yourself to reflect and do that deep dive and progress as a person and in all areas of your life. We can get even deeper because what you just mentioned is something that I am always seeking the answer to as well. Like where is the balance between having faith that it will all work and putting in the work for it, right? Like I understand that, who knows, may, maybe I'm wrong. I'm just very spiritual. Like, I think whatever is going to happen is going to happen regardless. But does that mean you could just lay in your bed all day, watch movies and jerk off? Like, what does that really fucking mean at the end of the day? You know, so like I always try and find the balance of how much faith can you have? And this is going to sound fucked up in a way, but how much faith can you have versus the amount of work you actually do? You know, like I'm always thinking about that. It's like, yo, like, OK, maybe I could wake up at 10 a.m do two hours of work and what's going to happen is going to happen. What happens if I do eight? Like that's all uncertainty at the end of it. Yeah. You know? So I'm always curious, like how, what do people think about this? It's, it's weird because if say, right, I'm, I'm corporate. So say versus an entrepreneur, you could wake up at 10 and you could happen to meet that one client that changes your life. Right. You could have that one client that, Literally. Hopefully they're listening to this, by the way. Yeah. Three, four, seven, four, eight, zero. I'm not going to give out the rest. <laughs> <laughs> but on, on the opposite side of that, you could say I'm going to wake up early and I'm going to put in, you know, a full eight hour day. Right. And you might not come across the right client. So, yeah. 
it it it, it is hard to say it's so what weird. you should do and right. what you shouldn't do because you don't know. But I feel like the opportunity of hard work, waking up at eight instead of ten, or waking up at nine instead of ten, right, gives you more opportunity, even though. The day you slept in till 10 o'clock, you could have met that one client. Right. And obviously, the more no's you hear, the closer you get to a yes. So, obviously, if you're putting in eight hours versus two, you're, yeah. you are getting closer. But it's just like something that always piques my interest. It's like, what is the answer to that? And I guess it obviously differs for everyone. But I'm always curious. Like, I don't know. There are days where I sleep until 10. Then there's days I'm up at five, you know. And uh, to say I see a major difference between the two days is a lie. Well, I think that's okay. I think the old way of working was obviously nine to five. And, you know, um, many people will say, yeah, I, I worked really hard today. I put in work, but they really just showed up for work and they kind of sat at their desk. Maybe they actually did two hours of work and then they were on social media. They took a, a few long bathroom breaks, right. you know, they took a little extra long lunch and they didn't really accomplish much. So just because you show up to your desk doesn't mean you're actually at work. Facts. The difference between showing up for work and putting in work. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's the whole, like, are you mentally there or are you just physically there, you know? Like, there's a really big difference. I've been there both on both sides of the spectrum, too, nonetheless. So I I feel like everyone's human and we can all say that. I feel content and sane. There's days I showed up at 9 at work and there's days where I was there at 9 putting in work. Right. Right. What's your what's your breakdown? Let's so I, hear this. So I'm glad we, we were actually just talking about one of them. So you know we only had uh, two minutes to do all this math. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> bro, I, you guys wanted this to be like a homework assignment or something. Bro, I feel like an accountant during tax season right now. I was like putting these numbers together. But so I'll start from the one we just spoke about. Um, so the breakdown I put twenty five percent is. At, ironically, actual work. And I had wrote, written that down prior to us even going into that. What does actual work mean? Kind of what we just spoke about. Like we said, you know, if there's showing up to work and going to your desk and actually getting work done. And what, to answer your question, what does that mean? I think it's, you know, we talked about working hard. That's something that was brought up earlier by uh, by Steve and, and by yourself, Matt. But I also think working smart, you know, I, and I think that really comes down to what I've really noticed is pre-planning your day I don't know what happens I don't know if like your subconscious takes over and in your sleep you're kind of figuring out ways to tackle the next day but the times that I do and I can't say I do it every day but the days that I do damn I'm glad that I did when I write down my goals and everything I want to accomplish I go to bed I don't know it helps me sleep better first and foremost and then I wake up with like a clear direction and purpose as far as like what I need to do, where I need to be, and what's my priority for the day. Mm -hmm. The days that I show up and I have my coffee and I have my laptop open, I often find myself wasting so much time staring into nothing and just saying like, all right, I gotta figure shit out and what should I do first? I don't really know. By the time I get that shit done, and I finish my large coffee or venti, whatever they're called. By the time I finish that, Trenta. I, Trenta, thank <laughs> you, thank you. It's now we're at 45 minutes of the day, perhaps, that have been wasted, or, or even me just saying, writing shit on paper and saying, all right, what should I do today? That's precious time. That's valuable right. time. I'm naturally a night owl. In the job that I have for my day job, it's a morning job. But, you know, if you want to be on pace with the world, you got to shift to be a morning person one way or the other, whether you like it or not. Right, right. So when I have that time where, hey, I need to call X amount of people, 
I can't call them at 11 p.m., you know, midnight. This is my time to get work done. And you might not get somebody on that first call, second call. So you better have your list ready to go because now you can attack each one accordingly. Um, So that's been like huge. When I say work smart, that's one of the things I'm really talking about is pre-planning your day and – and and just showing up when you need to show up. Right. And I'd, I'd like to add to that. So from that, I know a lot of people have probably heard this, but work smart, not hard. There's a difference. Um, and then what I've heard, you know, as a sub uh, subcategory to that is sometimes the lazy guy shows you a better way to do something. Yeah. And... When you think it's about true. that, you you have a hardworking person that does something a certain way, and then a person that wants to work not as hard as them finds an easier way to do that. Isn't that and it's just and yeah. it's just yeah. as effective. Yeah, yeah. I never thought of it like that, but that's that's like the mother of all ideas. That's where they all stem from. Yeah, right. Somebody saying, "Hey, there's got to be an easier way." I'm a little lazy to do it the old-fashioned way or the way that we have now, and. Then you have invention through yep. that. I literally feel like that's me. Like to, for me to say that I'm like this, the most productive person in the world. That I like I'm at my laptop every hour. I'm at my laptop is fucking on point. Like that's just not true. I'm almost the guy that's like quote unquote just getting by in the work that I'm doing. Like just eh, it's wrong for me to say that, but um, when it comes to that, like I just always find the way. You know, like, just the way. Not, like, this intricate fucking way. It's just, like, kind of not lazy effort, but just effort that works great, you know? But what do you think the perception is you from of you from the outside? People just see oh, your success. Yeah, yeah people, you- exactly. People don't know that until now where I'm broadcasting mm-hmm. it, you know? So that's it's crazy when you think about it, you know? People only see what's advertised or... In, in, in this day and age, we choose to broadcast what we want others to see. So yeah. you could kind of write your own story. And listen, if somebody's full of shit, then they'll get exposed. But when you put out there like, hey, this is what I'm this. These are my passions this is what I focus on. If you really take social media and and use it to your advantage, like whether you're launching a business, whether you're, I don't know, you have a charity, uh, if there's something you're really passionate about that you want people to hear about, like use social media the right way. You don't have to always have like, you know, people taping 45 minutes of a concert that they're at that no one's going to watch anyways. Right. If you, I don't want to say manipulate it, but that's kind of what you're doing. If you actually hone in on it and say, okay, this is what I want. I choose to broadcast to the world. And it's, it's a very valuable tool. So what you do for the rest of your day that's your business. But what you put out there, people see, they're like, oh shit, Matt, I see you went to uh, to Tampa last week. Tell me about that. So you get to pick and choose what others bring up in discussion when they see you. Right. That's powerful. 100%. Let me ask you about the, the planning of the day. It's something that I've done probably 10 times max, to be honest. And I did have productive fucking days. My struggle is actually doing it at night. I'm not sure if you do it, Steve, but and you, you were talking about it like... In full transparency, I might have done it 10 times, and the results are phenomenal. A lot better than not planning the day, yet I still don't necessarily, and very human of me, I still don't find time to do it all of the time when I probably should, you know? It's uh, crazy. Well, it's like taking vitamins. You know you should. Right. But, you know, I'll do it another day. Dude, so 
Yeah, it's not, and again, it's not something I do on a daily basis, but I do do it several times throughout the week. And because I think I was just honest with myself, I go, all right, what are my strengths and what are my weaknesses? And one of my biggest weakness is, is organization. Um, one time I was sitting down with my manager and he was telling me, hey, we're looking at your numbers. They look great. This, that, and the other thing. I'm like, thanks. And uh, I'm taking notes. And he's like, but the one thing I think I, I really need you to improve on and, and you would be unstoppable if you corrected this is you have to get better organized. And I'm like, ah, I don't know, man. I, I think I'm pretty organized. He's like, Ant, you're writing notes on a napkin right now. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, you think you're that organized? I'm like, I feel like all the best ideas come up are written on napkins. And I still find truth to that. But you got to have, we all actually, they can't see us, uh, but all of us right now have notebooks that we write in and we jot in. And thank you. <laughs> you just passed me a napkin, which for the rest, for the rest of the podcast, I'm jotting I, I was kind of wondering why he did that. Now, <laughs> now it makes sense. I was like, did he spill his wine? No, no, no. <laughs> um, no, but I do feel like they say some of the best songs ever written or whatever are written down on napkins. Because yeah. when you run in a napkin, believe it or not, you write it to throw it away. So you're actually not afraid to be creative because you're like, ah, I'm just going to toss it out anyways. As opposed to when you run your notebook, it's more like final and you uh, people subconsciously feel like it has to be more official. So people are a little bit more careful about what they put on there. Right. Just a side note. It's crazy you say that because the founder of this company, Chatterboss, and I mean, I get nothing for saying this. Her name's Val. I was literally having a conversation with her the other day she, and she posted this little notebook. I'm like, yo, I still have mine. I only used it once though because... I am very cautious of what I put in notebooks. Right. Exactly, man. Holy Here, shit. Let me pass a snap into you, Matt. <laughs> yeah, I need, I'm the one that needs it. Why are you cautious about what you put in a notebook? I'm a notebook hoarder, bro. I have so many fucking, mm -hmm. um, what's, moleskins that are yes. untouched. I'm like, yo, I can't touch these until I have something valuable, valuable to put in them. Dude, yeah. same. My, my family, right, they are the anti-hoarders, so... I, as recently as two days ago, I got a call from my mom and I no longer live home, but she's like, hey, I'm going through all your stuff here. Do you need this book? Do you need the, the Steve Jobs book? I go, don't throw that out. I love that book. And right. she's always looking to get rid of things. And then one time she had a stack of things I saw. She's like, hey, can I get rid of all this stuff? And it was all my notebooks from like high school and like grade school. I'm like, no way. I love this stuff. She's like, do you really need it? I go, yeah, I love that. I love looking back and right. seeing what my mindset was, my train of thought, what was going on. Even if it's like a doodle or just like some sentence or two I wrote you almost like go back and get in touch with your older self so I, I'm, I'm with you man yeah I do the same exact thing as you where and I've been trying to change that where I always second guess what I put into a notebook don't know why I do it but I do and uh there is something to be said about running on a napkin. So yeah, it's fucking powerful. <laughs> it, it truly is. I take some I, of these home. I feel like <laughs> uh, a different angle from you two. I like to think that I'm organized. When people, you know, at a job interview or something, like what what are one of your strengths? I say organization, and and for me, like I keep my place organized. I feel good when. My apartment's clean. The, nothing makes me happier other than putting on some music. I was listening to Bluetooth on my soundbar today and just cleaning everything organized where it needs to be, getting ready to host people, and that transfers. I feel like if I don't write something down, uh, for, for me, that's like my home thinking. I woke up this morning. I knew I wanted to go to the gym. 
needed to clean my apartment. And then from there, I had the options of what I wanted to do, but that was the to-do list. So I woke up, I hit the gym, got breakfast coffee, came home, cleaned for, you know, an hour or two. And boom, what did I do? I felt great. That hard work turned into happiness. Right, right, right. And to me, that's a small success on a very small small, personal level. Small wins are big wins all the time, man. And then I have a work list, right? Um, On my team, I'm the most junior to my team because I had just recently started a new position. One of my jobs is to take minutes, a.k.a. notes, on most of our calls, You're a secretary. Meetings. <laughs> no. <laughs> Administrative assistant, man. <laughs> I'm the organizational tool of my team right, right now. Right. So I have to make sure I'm taking diligent notes. I went from saving them in my MacBook, in my little notes pad, to transferring that to having folders for each client that we have calls with or internal calls and I'm responsible for sharing that within my team and it also gave me a new responsibility to follow up on those things of other people's responsibilities right right and my SVP also just wanted to mention like don't feel like you're nagging somebody to do something. We're asking you to follow up. This way we stay on top of things. Right, right. And sometimes people need that extra boost. It's not easy to stay organized because just think of how many things that we do, both personal and business, that kind of gets swept under the rug. We all need a Steve, especially if you're an entrepreneur. (laughs) Literally. I'm here. I'll send you an invoice. <laughs> you count on that. So with that being said, you still don't write or pre-plan the night before as organized as you are? No, because I feel on on a more corporate level, I feel like there's maybe less organization that you need to do to hold yourself accountable Versus an entrepreneur. Yeah, there's more so structure. So I think there's that. a totally. difference. Totally. Right. So to say I have to do it nightly, no. But I know that when I get into work and I'm looking at my inbox of inbound, outbound, everything, I'll kind of jot down with importance what needs to be done, what what's being asked internally. And I'll kind of just put that on this pad here and I will get through it accordingly. Right. See, the difference between entrepreneurship and being in corporate is the fact that corporate already comes with the structure. Entrepreneurs need to be organized to be able to create the structure. It's up to you to structure yeah. yourself. That's where that's mm-hmm. where that comes into totally. play. But what are the re- what's the remaining 75%? You only give us 25%. We went on a tangent. That's <laughs> because that's how deep this yeah. gets into it's that really e- true. each percent of what you're saying yeah. can be easily broken down. It's very I I was complex. hoping you guys brought some different shit to the oh, table. I didn't. I didn't finish. I didn't. Let's, not let's hear finish. It. This might have been said already, but <laughs> I didn't finish. Uh, so yeah. So breaking it down, we said that was twenty five percent, forty percent that I had 40. written down. Forty percent, truly, and I've always felt this way is your mindset. Having like un, you have to have a like kind of unshakable positivity to you and I think that's one thing that I have that I've been told my entire life and 
you know, sometimes look people look at you and like, oh, he's so positive. Like, what do you live in a bubble? Nah, man, I live in a very fucking realistic world, the same world that we all live in. However, I do often find the the, the good in things and the bright side, and and I don't let like I don't let things that are roadblocks uh, or problems bring me down for too long. Mm-hmm. Like, granted. If something pisses me off, I'll get pissed and I'll get heated for a short time. But in no time, I'm over it and I move on because there's no sense in living there. Mm -hmm. So I go, okay, that's an issue. I express myself. I'm heated about it. Now, how do we fix it? Now, when you have that like unshakable positivity, um, it's just going to like always open up doors and it's always going to be your way to a solution. And I think that has been just, you know forget like obviously in my entire life but we talked about entrepreneurship you gotta have that i would say that's the number one key you need to have as an entrepreneur don't get me wrong hard work smart work actual work is a huge component of it but you could be the smartest dude or the smartest girl coming out with a a great idea but if you get easily rattled and 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 you get down on, on on people's comments and negativity you're fucked. Um, think about it. Like you could put up a post and I, I've done this recently cause I just started. So I, I'm launching a business. I'm we're in, uh, in March on Kickstarter and I've been putting up ads and every so often I've gotten this like little, like kind of shithead comment. And I look at it and I'm like, who the fuck are you? I <laughs> so I look into, it, I'm like, this guy's a dick or whatever. And I come back with, I don't call I don't fight fire with fire in that regard. And since then, I've been really into looking at other companies having advertisements, small businesses, and just being like, I, and I'm not somebody that goes out on like out of my way. I have a life, man. I'm not going out of my way to comment on people's businesses and be like, this sucks or whatever. <laughs> but now I'm looking into it because I'm in that position where we're right. advertising. And I'm like, all right, let me see this one clothing brand that's a startup's comments. G, they got some comment from GQ saying it's the most comfortable shirt Yo, people went to town ripping this company. Well, you think you're the only shirt in town? You think you're what's so comfortable about a t-shirt? You reinvent a t-shirt? There's nothing to it. Just like comment after comment after comment of people who just want to like take you down. Now, if you read that, granted, like I said, even when I see that, I get pissed and in my mind, I'm like, fuck you. But right afterwards, I'm just like, all right, you know what? Let me let me hit him back with either some humor or a comment saying, oh, yeah, we never thought of it that way. Thank you so much for your for your your inquiry. You can actually turn those people into customers. If you know how oh, to play 100%, it right, yeah. kill them with kindness. Yeah, dude, that's true. It's absolutely true. Right. It's also like even when you're like in the dating scene, the girl like, oh, I can't stand that guy, this and that. Like he's repulsive. But you know what? If Just the fact that she's even talking about you means you're on her mind right. and you can actually win her over. And that same goes with customers. You can do the same exact thing. And, uh, man, I'm just going to say, if you haven't done it before, whoever's listening, just check out one local brand or, or a small business. Check out the comment section, and you'll be shocked how nasty people could get just yeah, trying to get the word out on something. How do you create that unshakable positivity? Because that's what people are going to want to know. They're, they're hearing you say this. And, and that's hard because yeah. I struggle with that, mm. too. Oh, I mean, yeah. There's so Me many too. times I... You know, Matt's Matt's my right hand man here, and there's so many times I text him or call him or send him a voice note, and I put everyone onto those. By the way, Matt's the first dude I've ever met that did voice notes. I'm like, who is that? When I'm, I'm, first like, I'm like, who is this guy? I, I said, I said, <laughs> I said, please stop. You know, these are kind of hard to listen to, right? But I get it if if you're talking in a sense where 
there's more than a couple sentences, it is the best way to convey a message. Bro, yeah. you could send a one-minute voice note, True. and it's like 20 texts in one. Bro, he, you got me onto them as well. Now I'm, I've... Followed your lead on that one. They're great. Like Damon him. put me onto them. I can't <laughs> okay. lie, but the only thing is, he's not to say anything about Damon, but he is a little bit seasoned to say the least. So mm -hmm. he would send a voice note the way I sent him through text, but he would send him through email. So it was like I'm getting a voice memo from Damon through email, and it was just like not time uh, efficient to say the least. But those are fire, by the way. I, I love them. But um, what were we just talking no, about? No, I'm going to answer Steve's question. The unshakable mindset, which yeah, yeah, yeah. I was saying is it's tough. very hard. It's what, tough. Which I was saying is I've reached out to Matt sometimes and there's things on my mind, both personal or work related, pretty much anything. And and sometimes it's it's hard w with your own personal self to shake that. And it's nice to be able to reach out to somebody to reassure slash give you some advice to help you maintain an unshakable mindset because it's difficult. And I feel like it's just a human aspect in life that makes you feel like sometimes maybe even something little could shake you up a bit and it shouldn't so i think that's definitely part of it is almost having a, a backbone you know um and i don't think the backbone is necessarily always something that you personally need to have you know we we all have one but at, to an extent like if you're continuously being hit with negativity over and over and over again dude you're gonna deteriorate to a point where it's like okay if you do have a support system right it's a lot fucking better you know well, it's like when you, and we've every single person has been there. When you get into a funk, right, which is going to happen, it's inevitable. Um, when you are that that guy that you know uh, people can lean on when they're having they're going through that time period and they need help. When it comes time for you to, you know, and you're in that bad situation, you'll see how many people return the favor because you were uh, that force for them, or you were the catalyst for them to get them through a tough time. So. Um, the favor is returned. Right. Uh, and that's not why you do it. Right. But it's just right. inevitable. It, it does happen. Um, but yeah, so we talked about like, you know, how do you get there? I think when you realize that the alternative is just pain and just being in a bad place and have if, just having been there, you're just like, this sucks and I want to avoid this at all costs. Right. And when you don't ever want to return to a certain state of mind, you'll do everything you possibly can to not return there. Um, and also too, like you read about like all these successful people and all like walks of life. And that's one of the things they talk about one way or another is just like, you know, having been here, you know, just the everyone, every successful story, every movie we watch, every autobiography, whatever it is, it's all about a person who things are going good. They're hit with something that shakes their world and they overcome it. And mm -hmm. that's whether it's Rocky or Rudy or any movie at all that we hold near and dear to our heart is because they resonate with us because we see a part of ourselves in that movie right. and everyone loves the story of because it's going to be inevitable that we're going to have pain and struggle in our life and when you find a way to overcome it and you're that, you know, the protagonist of the story um, that's, you know, that's so relatable to us and that's why we, we talk about those movies for forever because they were in a rut and they found a way to overcome and get over it but the truest answer to that uh, was how do you get there is faith 
faith is the answer. And I don't mean, you know, you could, whatever, you could say it's religion, you could say it's spirituality, you could call it whatever you want. Chalk it up to whatever definition of that you want, but it's faith. When you know that, hey, I'm going to find a way, you will find a way. It's very law of attraction like, mm-hmm. right? Um, when you know that, hey, I'm going to find the answer, I don't have it right now, but I will, it kind of gives you that extra confidence. Um, and it allows you to be that 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 positive person because you've done it before. And Gary Vee says it all the time. Like he's like, I'm an entrepreneur, but what I really am is a firefighter. You're constantly putting out fires and finding ways to overcome. And once you get that under your belt and you realize this too is manageable, then it will change your outlook on life and things that seem to be like this this giant obstacle. You're like, hey, done it before. I'll find a way to get over it. Right. Yeah, that's fucking powerful. So break down the rest of it. You're yeah, 25 man. and 40. So you're at 65. What's uh, the remaining 35? I know, man. I have to like really be careful with the math here. So 20% <laughs> is uh, your support group, the people you choose to keep in your life. Now, it could be family. Uh, you know, if you're if you're blessed enough to come from a really supportive family that has your back, then amazing. That could be them. Uh, not everyone is. So if you're not, right. it's the people that you choose to, to call your family. Whether that's extended family, cousins, but really more so your friends, your network, the people that you respect at work, the people from your neighborhood, from all different walks of life. And if you feel like you don't have that right now, then you know what? Reach back out to somebody that maybe in your life you're like, man, that person is really seems to have their shit together. They seem like a good person. You know, shoot them a shoot them a D, slide into their DMs. You yeah, know, by all I means, slide, slide into their DMs. DMs with, fucking heavy. <laughs> With a different intent this time, though. Yeah. They're like, hey, you want to grab a beer? You want to catch up? And just, you can start it from scratch. A lot of times people will be like, ah, I can't do this because my friends will think um, I'm corny or my friends will look down on it and, you know, just they don't get it. And, you know, a lot of times they don't. But you can have your boys that you have a beer with and watch a game and you can have your boys that you're like, hey, this is, I'm trying to grow in life. I'm trying mm-hmm. to, like, get to the the next level. Like, let's talk shit out. And when, and when that's the crew that you hang out with for those types of things, then you, you're, you have comfort in knowing like, okay, I do have somebody I can speak to because you got to talk things out to people always, you know, like you, you have to, you can't just internalize and keep things bottled. You have to talk your ideas out because you hold yourself accountable one. And also it materializes when you talk about it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, support group was, was a big thing for me. The people in your network. A lot of people want to help too. I mean, I know just from the type of people we are here at this table that if someone reached out to us, we would love to help them. Right. And I can't say everybody's like that, but I do know a lot of people in human nature just takes over and you do want to help. So reaching out to maybe somebody that isn't your close friend or whatever, they, they see you reaching out and it's almost that human nature that could could easily make that the person that you reach out to and and have a connection if if you're making that effort and you're seeing that within that person i do agree that the right person which probably is why you're reaching out to them would be receptive to that right totally. oh it's powerful totally yeah proximity is huge man like it's so corny to say like you become the Close, you know, the, the sum of the five you are, closest people you to are, you. You are. True. Yeah. I mean, you always rag on me, Steve, when it comes down to, like, I, I, I could say this here because I know they won't even listen to this show, but I cut off a lot of fucking people. Mm. And 
maybe that's why I cut them off because I, I no longer receive it's not that I cut them off because I don't receive the support but it's just like yo the people you know the longest in ways don't and we just had this conversation in Tampa yep we literally just had this conversation in Tampa you know the mm-hmm. people you've known the longest are the people that don't necessarily even support what you have going on in the current moment you know and it's like I don't want to be in proximity of individuals like that I want to be in proximity of individuals that will continuously support whether they think my idea is fucking wacky as fuck or they're like yo that's a fucking great idea you know like i want to be around those types of people and i, I want to be that type of person for others as well you know I and, mean, part, and, and part two of that conversation w- that we had was is it might not even come from a bad place it might be like they might not even be conscious of why they're doing that but the reason is is they don't want you to outgrow them and leave them behind in the dust and right. not that you actually will at all but that's in their mind a way of keeping you closer to them right and that comes down to family too dude mm-hmm. like my mom I say this very openly. She does not see anything I see. Yet when I do it, she's like, oh my God, it's amazing. But when I'm like, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to build a library in Juniper Valley Park. How are you going to do that? Who's going to build it? How are you going to get the money? What are you doing? It's like, yo, relax. Let me take care of that. Just know this is what I'm doing over the course of X amount of months. Oh my God, my son did this. Let me post it on Facebook and tell all my friends from the neighborhood that it was my son that, yo, (laughs) like literally that is exactly what that is, man. It's fucking crazy, but it's so fucking true when you think about it. You know, very much, man. And and just real quick about what Steve said, he, I felt like he just hit it on the head. You know, we talked about people that maybe you know, and you're like, hey, but why aren't they more supportive? I expect, I hold them to a higher regard. I expect more support. And then you have people that come from like the blue, from nowhere. Like, like I said, I'm, I'm on the verge of launching a company and I have somebody just yesterday that I went to St. Francis Prep with my high school. They, in freshman year, we were in the same math class. We sat like a row away and that's how I kind of know them. And they hit me up, they're like, hey, love what you're doing. Let me know when you drop. Can't wait to support you. What? Are you yeah. yeah. Wow. I don't even like. I haven't even talked to you in like fifteen years. That's crazy. I think approaching twenty years. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, it's twenty years. Damn. But yeah, it's just like it's unreal. Like people come out of the woodwork because they're like, "Hey, man, this person's doing their thing. I respect it. Let me help, let me help them out because they're, they're they're doing you know they're, they they're taking a chance. Right. I think people respect that. Yeah. No. And, definitely. And I've seen the quote. And I don't know, say, the months or years that it says, but let's just throw it out there. Someone that you know for six months can have better intentions for you than the person that you've known for six years. Right. Mm, Totally. Really, the amount of time that you know somebody does not mean anything. It's going to take the the right person on the, the right wavelength to have that connection, to have that support. Right. You can have somebody that you, you knew from back in the day that you don't know, like you just said, who's going to be a bigger supporter than maybe somebody that you currently talk to now. Mm-hmm. It's almost hard to grasp that, but it's the it's realities like, it's of just, fucking life. It's life. It is. What's the remaining 15, bro? Let's get back to the math. All right, I got two remaining. I got, and this is a big one, and I could have chalked this up to a much larger number, but you don't get to this one, this 10%, without doing everything else that we, we discussed. 10% is what they call luck. Yeah. Now, you believe in that? Oh, hell. Well, you're wearing a Live Lucky hat right now, man. You're telling me. You're wearing a Live Lucky hat. I kind of just like the hat. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> now luck, and that's why I said quote unquote luck. Right. Because when people be like, ah oh, man, you're lucky. I'm like, mm, thanks. But deep down, I'm like, you don't know. You don't know the shit I did to get here. You have no idea. It's easy right. for you to rush to judgment and be like, oh, lucky, lucky. Why? Because it's easier for you. It makes you feel better by saying luck. So that's right. why I was specific when I said quote unquote luck. Because there is some element of luck. But luck can also be said as going back to you attracted it or law of attraction. You have to have some things break in your favor. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, a coin flip. You know what I'm saying? Like some things are, you know, out of our control. But the one thing that I always say, well, I've heard this before and it really uh, proved to be true. Luck is the residue of design. So when you do all the other things I discussed and all the things that we talked about in, in our discussion here today, when you do all those things, you seem to have things work in your favor more. And I also heard a quote that's so freaking true, man. The harder I work, the luckier I get. Right. That says everything. Yeah. Th- that's a segue to exactly what I just wrote down when you mm. said luck. Create your own luck. Damn right. And that's exactly what you just alluded to. When you put in that work, when you put in that that when you, when you start with that mindset of putting in that hard work, mm. what becomes luck is what you actually created. That break that went your way, that favor that someone did for you, that was just, you know, exactly what you were meant for. Yeah. It's fucking so, powerful. So yeah, I, I do agree it. that there there's luck. And it, but do you I feel really like the call it luck though? Is that it, byproduct is is part of it. I think it's just the. I mean, hey, any anyone. I, I don't want to debate this. You know, I, I respect what anyone thinks, but I just feel like that's the byproduct of continuously putting effort forth. Totally. There's you know? some things so you think, can't yeah. explain though that are kind of just lucky. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right place, right time. Yeah. Is like, what is it though? That's part of it. So, yeah. you know, uh, Matt had recommended a book that. Just was just it, I read it at the right. It was the right book at the right time. We've talked yeah. about that before on the show uh, several times, and it was it was you know right book at the right time, and it kind of chalked up luck. And you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but luck being like almost it kind of goes back to the basics, man. It kind of goes back to the law of attraction. Like when you you meet that girl of your dreams, and she just so happens to be at. Uh, Let's use a nice term. The library. <laughs> <laughs> I and wish. It, yeah. And you went the, the library whole, yeah, and right. bounce. <laughs> <laughs> I was fucking thinking oh, that. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so you go to the library, right? But you went to the library because you had to pee. And, she, <laughs> right. and she's there. I'm just saying that as an example. But like, that's where we say lucky. Like what brought you there? You know what I mean? Like, right. And then be like, oh, it was just lucky that we met. Was it or did everything you do, all the work, all the signs, all the things that you put on your dream board or the things that you tell people that you want to accomplish or the things that you envision in your mind led you to that moment? Right. You can define that a million different ways. But we'll just call it, quote unquote, luck, luck for, for the time being. Which brings me to my final points. Uh, and I put this at five. Holy shit, you're breaking down the last 10 no, into two? No, 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 I had the five, so the five, I'm sorry, I did the 10, I'm sorry. I said the 10%. Oh, you only have five left. You only have five left, okay. five examples, five percent. Right. Don't worry, don't worry, everyone. So the five is one that I feel is so important and it's not spoken about nearly enough and being, 
a part of corporate America for my day job for the longest time, right out of college, it is there. They don't put a value on this whatsoever. And it is being able to reset and being able to relax, whether that means a vacation, you need to have your you time, you need to have your timeout time, you need to do what you need to do, whether that is, and uh, I joined Matt like spontaneously last minute on a trip to Tampa because I'm like, you know what? I'm about to launch this product. Matt's on his way there anyways. I'm going to join because I need a reset. And it was one of the best things I ever did because I came back ready to kick ass. Not enough people do that. And that's why people get feel burnt out. That's why people like crash and burn. That's why people feel completely overwhelmed and go nuts is because if you don't have that small percentage, you and, and even if it's that 5% where you get to reset, I feel like you're 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 in for disaster. Now I'm also my background plays a, a large role in this because I'm Greek, and if you've ever met a Greek before, you know Greeks go away to Greece all the time. From every, every a month summer, minimum, a month every, minimum. Every summer is that, what I knew of it. That's pretty. I grew, much. Up, I grew up with a lot of Greek kids. We both went to the same high school, mm-hmm. a couple of years apart, and I have friends that have houses there, and that's what they did. Everybody every summer they went to Greece. So at least that's from. That's why I was trying to date a Greek girl. It just never lasted into the summer. <laughs> <laughs> By her, she, she's like, right, I'm going to Greece. I'm going to Greece. Mykonos is popping. I'm not trying to be tied down. Right? <laughs> but in so, and not just Greece, but I'm going to give that example because I just alluded to it. But when I go to Greece my whole life, I've been like 14 times, man. What it's in Greece where I've come up with all like the best ideas I've ever had, life changing ideas because you are in a different setting, you're out of your natural habitat and environment, and it focuses you focuses. Well, you get to focus on uh, on that reshift that I talked about earlier, where you're not. You have to break that that mundane mindset that you might have here. It's not healthy for us. So when I'm, I remember going to Greece, and you know, I my full time job is sell medical devices. I came to that realization. My uncle has that same job in Greece. I'm being like, hmm. Let me think on this. This seems like a great line of work, and that's what I do to this day. I also came up with a. I, I knew I wanted to pursue entrepreneurship from going there, being on the beach, and just like thinking and just wanting to have that, 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 that higher living. You know what I mean? Just like to live a purposeful life. And I think you come to a lot of these realizations when you have that time out and you're out of your environment. So mm-hmm. that's why I, I. It's it's the smallest percent that I gave, but it might be one of the most crucial as well. Yeah, man, it's fucking powerful. You know what's crazy? Before we went to Tampa, I was experiencing like this chest pain to the point where I even went to a cardiologist. Steve, you actually took me to the cardiologist once because I was so scared. I was eating cloves of garlic for breakfast. I'm like, yo, time out. So I he asked me. He said, Steve, if you're around, could you take me? Said, not a problem. I'll take you. Um, I drive him. I pick him up. We're driving. I think we just get on the LIE. I look at him. I'm like, did you eat garlic? (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, yeah, I had like a couple cloves this morning. I brushed my teeth. I'm like, like, dude, you stink. (laughs) And he was like, oh, man, I'm going to be like right with a doctor. He's like, is it that bad? I'm like, Matt, it's it's, it's terrible. (laughs) Yo, the nurse was like up in my face. She was oh, like god. this, and I'm like, "Hello." Oh god, there'd be no vampire in like ten miles. Yeah, I, I was just like super paranoid. I'm like, I'm 27, like I'm not dying of a heart attack. I'm like, yo, garlic, garlic, garlic beets, things to lower my blood pressure. But after that trip, dude, we got back. 
knock on wood, and I am knocking on the table right now. I haven't felt it since. Like having that fucking reset is so fucking crucial, dude. Even if it's a sm- and I don't even want, I don't want to consider Tampa small because we did it the fuck up. Mm. But like, even if it was just like a weekend getaway to fucking Bumblefuck, New Jersey, or somewhere upstate New York, some, for us at least, and for whoever's listening, you know, wherever you're at, but. I think about that. It's just like, I I needed that. Like, we all need that. Especially if you're putting in work five days, four whatever plus days a week, dude. It's fucking huge. And my last job that I had, so I've been with my current company going on 10 years now. But the last company I worked for, I remember I told them, um, you know, in like a year from now, I want to go to my uh, cousin's wedding. They're getting married in Greece. Um, and just letting you know way ahead of time, like, um, you know, we, I would need like a week and a half, two weeks off. And they basically laughed in my face. They're like, yeah, absolutely not. How much time? I'm sorry. I said I needed a week and a half to two weeks. I knew I needed two weeks, but I figured if I go a little bit lower, they're like, oh, by the way, I need two. You know what I'm saying? It's all about how you (laughs) position it. And they basically laughed in my face and they're like, yeah, that's not going to happen. Two weeks. No, you know, you get five working days off consecutively. That's it. And I was like, oh, well, not going to be here long. So because not for nothing, you know, I know what it takes. I know that you need that reset. And if they don't get it and they want to live those lives where they get burnt out and, and they, you know, <laughs> they 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 can't quite figure out what they need and something's missing from my life. Well, I know what that portion that's missing from many people's lives is that they never travel. They never take even an extended weekend. And you don't have to go anywhere crazy. You can go. You mentioned upstate, but you couldn't go upstate for three days and 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 really just have a great time and just get right. away from the, the the busyness and and the monotony of your life. So yeah, man. So uh, I've and, and that was my really firsthand experience into like the and there's some perks. Don't get me wrong, but that was some of the downside I saw with corporate America and why. A lot of people are, you know, depressed. Uh, I think that has a lot to do with it. And then when I went and I took a trip to, um, you know, Thailand a couple of years ago, I met people from all over the world, from Europe and from Australia, and they're on sabbatical. I'm like, what? What's sabbatical? Like, yeah, you know, <laughs> you're, you're a week. Uh, if you work for this company, I think it's four years. They give you, I think it's like a couple months off. I think in Australia, it's like something even way longer. It's like even six months holiday, off. right? Holiday. Yeah, yeah, man. Holiday is their version of vacation, but yeah. it's a lot longer than what we oh, get. Oh, trust in me. When I was in Europe, they literally were all saying holiday. I'm like, yo, this is my this is a holiday for me being here right now. But um, it's actually a nice term. <laughs> yeah, no, it really is. It's a lot better than vacation. It's yeah. like that yeah, brings this is a me. Holiday. That brings me to a couple points. Um, what you said about one of the jobs not allowing you to to go out. Um, I worked, I, I forget what it was, whatever's on Woodhaven Boulevard, it was, it wasn't CVS. I don't know if it was Walgreens, if it was called Eckerd or whatever. It was one of those Genovese. Genovese. Um, it it might've been. We live in the Genovese house. Uh, the founders of Genovese, like no, not really. the mafia bosses, but no, the like pharmacy. the Genovese pharmacy. Yeah. Yeah. It's really? funny you said Genovese. I haven't heard that term. Your like, family yeah, or you? No, no, no. My, my family. Oh so my such God. Such a random great. fact. You know what Genovese is. Yeah. Everyone's Greek and So I was working there. I was a senior in high school. You know, I was a stock boy. I worked a couple days a week after school on the weekend. And when I put in my time to request off for prom, 
it would not get approved. Wow. Holy I shit. immediately handed them my apron and I quit. Yep. Your and vest. the guy was like, yeah, my vest, my little blue vest. It was Rite Aid. It was Rite Aid. Oh, Rite Aid. Oh. Yes, that's exactly what it was. Thank you. I had the biggest, like, fucking brain it fart. It was Rite Aid. Rite Aid. Yes. <laughs> and and, and the, the, the manager, boss, whatever, he's like, really? I'm like, yeah. How could I not have off? For prom? Are you kidding me? Prom? You were able to go to prom. I wasn't. Yeah, well, you were an idiot. So. <laughs> but to, to keep going, a couple more points about this off-time, reset, um, relax kind of point that Ant got to. I worked at a big corporate company, NBC, and my group specifically... If you didn't abuse your time off, it always got granted. Hmm. And when I tell you that was a morale booster and you knew that you could take off, you know, if I if it was today and I needed off next week, as long as there was nothing crazy going on, there'd be no problem about wow. yeah. taking off. Wow, that's, that's rare. And right. And people operate in a way that they know that employee morale really helps the team and I love that job and I loved everybody I worked with I loved NBC as a company I just was looking for the next opportunity and that's the only reason why I left right. if there was the opportunity at the right price for me there I would have loved to stay Right, right, right. but then that takes me to my last point that I'll make that a lot of these new companies are telling you you get unlimited vacation it's the best i had that and because you're talking about limited vacation it's been proven that you actually take less if a company tells you hey matt hey anthony you get two weeks of vacation you're gonna utilize two weeks of vacation Mm -hmm. right that means 10 days 10 10 work days right you you get told that you can take unlimited. Scientifically, they're saying that you almost feel guilty <laughs> about taking time That's off. Crazy. So you actually take less. Oh, wow. Which is funny because we're talking about the opposite, saying how much right. relaxing slash resetting does for the person. Right, right, right. It makes you more productive. Yeah, it does. It does. So to wrap this up, let's just compare these points. Essentially, all of us had some form of work incorporated into what our success bar. Do you guys feel like that was a good question? I fucking loved it. I'm literally going to ask everyone that hops on my show that question Like from here on out. It's like, what are those characteristics, the traits, the habits, and, and shit that like could, that? That could literally be literally be a full episode when you ask that question. Look, bro, we ran an hour. That's why I'm wrapping it up here. Wow. We literally ran an hour. We all had some form of hard work or work incorporated. Ann and I both mentioned network in a way. He said support group. I said network. For me... I mean, let's just look at it this way. When we were just in Tampa, a very recent example, we went to probably the best one of top five restaurants in Tampa, ate like kings next to Aaron Judge, and got blessed, to say the least. We won't go any further than that. Got fucking blessed, right? That's not necessarily what he was referring to when he said support group. But when I say network, I'm talking about the fact that you can have so much opportunity handed to you just from the people you know. Right, so many experiences handed to you. When Phil and I went to fucking Europe, bro, France was covered. We were in Paris. We didn't spend a dime. 
And, like, it's just, and I'm not even just talking about, like, monetary receiving and things of that nature, but just, like, that experience in itself. Being being told where to go, the hot spots, knowing based on our preferences, like, that's huge. And having it covered monetarily. And having it covered monetarily. (laughs) It doesn't doesn't hurt. But also network in the sense that Ant mentioned, you know, like, having the fucking people around you that are supporting your goals, your visions, your dreams, things of that nature. Uh, I feel like we touched on faith in different aspects i feel like mindset also incorporates faith in a way um so we could definitely say that's a similarity um what else though i don't even know what the fuck and it's the only one that mentioned reset which is fucking huge i think i would incorporate that in my i feel like that fits into my 50 percent happiness it does fit into your and, happiness and leaks into mindset it does it does that was just more granular i fucking love within that shit. because i said you can break down those bigger subsets right. down and I feel like that's huge I feel like if I'm able to go visit my sister in North Carolina for a weekend and I take off a Friday and I'm coming back Sunday night like right. I come back into work Monday I feel nice I feel good I feel ready to go I was able to see family I was able to go out to eat I was you know just quality time that's away from your desk it's called living it's yeah. called living, yeah. Exactly. It's called fucking living. And it, and it's easily overlooked when you're tied to that job because right. when you look at it, what's most of your day? Work. It's your job. Yeah, whether you're in corporate, whether you're an entrepreneur, the link to hours of your day and life is work. Right. It doesn't matter what it's you crazy. do. It's crazy. But to wrap this up, if you would like to open discussion about this amazing topic of how you would fill your success bar, you could reach out to all three of us. All of us will have our links to our socials in the show notes of this episode. If you enjoyed tuning into this, make sure you're sharing it with your friends. Listen, we're all quarantined right now. Let's make sure we're sharing positive vibes, some good energy, some laughs every now and then. And lastly, leaving a rating and review would mean the absolute world to us, especially if you are tuned in from iTunes. That is where you can leave us a rating and review. I'm not asking you for five stars, but I'm asking for your genuine feedback so we know how to pivot, how we know how to deliver on the value that you're seeking to be able to live your best life. Until next time, everyone, be blessed. Peace.